Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Welcome back to the Real Food, Real Conversations podcast. I'm so excited to be here today. This is episode 27, and I have a special guest today that we are going to talk about something that um, a lot of us seem to push by the wayside, the topic of sleep. Karen, do you want to introduce yourself and what you do, who you are, all that good stuff? Sure. Thanks for having me on, Sophia. My name is Karen Shopoff-Ruff, and I am a women's health coach. I blog at Well-Balanced Women, and my focus is to educate and empower body-wise women so that you can become a strong advocate for yourself in your health and wellness needs. And I love to talk about sleep because I think for so many women, it is the missing link of your wellness puzzle. Absolutely. I, I can't even agree more with that because I have really, as I was telling you off, um, microphones, I, I've really kind of been personally seeing this lately, and I've noticed that I'm getting worse as I get older as well. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you're not the only one. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I remember this whole sleep thing actually has always been important to me because when my husband and I had our first, um, after many, many, many years of fertility, we were actually pretty chill parents and like the whole like new baby thing because we had been preparing for so long. But we were strict in certain things, which number one of the things was his sleep. And we, one of my good friends at the time was a sleep coach, like a baby's like sleep coach. Mm -hmm. And she kind of coached us through like the scientific background behind sleep and everything she talked about was the science behind when their brains are ready to go to sleep and may not be the time that you want him to go to sleep. But she <laughs> helped us figure out that whole cycle. And we were super strict. And I remember people like, cause we, we did the whole six to six. Um, cycle for him. And it was like he, when he was, a, it changes, he got all over. I remember when he was a super baby, he took, you know, like, you know, when he was at three months when we started sleep training him, he took certain naps during the day. And then he always had one that you woke him up about 45 minutes before he went to sleep. And then there was this whole thing behind it and it worked. I mean, our kids slept 12 hours and he was, it was awesome. I mean, he totally was, per, I mean, he went on, but she said, if you get him to bed late, he's going to wake up even earlier. And people never quite understood that, how we were pretty strict about, we didn't go out. Like we, I mean, we would go out like without him, right. but he, we were home. He, he was not the baby that was out with us late at night because we really wanted him to get the right amount of sleep so that we could sleep. And I mean, he was sleeping 12 hours a night from the time he was super young. And people were like, how do you do that? I'm like, well, we just kind of follow what she said and we're pretty strict about it. And they're like, well, that's, God, that's weird. Like it ties you to your house. And I'm like, well, yeah, but we're also sleeping. <laughs> right. And you know, what's funny about that is for adults who struggle with sleep, one of the best things that you can do to get yourself into a better sleep rhythm is to treat yourself like a baby and actually create a bedtime routine. Because so many of us are like, 
you know, in the evenings, you know, the rush to yep. do homework and dinner and then clean up and yep. then put the kids to bed and then try to grab like a moment or two of peace with your significant other. And then you're like, oh no, I have to walk back through the kitchen, which is still a disaster. So clean all of that up. And did I sign that form? And do I need to send a check somewhere? And then we fall yep. into bed and we're like, why can't I fall asleep? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like a shocker. Exactly. And then those of us with businesses, I'm like on my computer, on my phone, like trying to get some stuff done. Yeah. And I don't want to be, but it's like, if I don't, then it's this vicious cycle of things piling up, but then right. your eyes and your brain are on a screen and then you lay down and you're like, Ding! exactly. And you know, when you, it sounds so simple, but when you sort of like step back and look at it, you're like, well, yeah, because your brain is not a switch. You can't just right. be like, okay, brain. And we're done for today. Um, you know, and I don't know if, if your brain is like mine, but my brain gets really good at trying to catalog the world's problems in the middle of the night. All, all the time. Like I literally, some of my, I mean, good and bad, some of my best ideas have come in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> but then I'm also, it's almost like my subconscious decides to wake up in the middle of the night and it starts thinking about all the things that I worry about, which right yes. now is like just about everything under the sun. Right. Um, and it's like, yes, it won't shut up. And no yeah. matter what I do, that's not your up. subconscious. That's your cortisol spiking. Cortisol is your stress hormone and your body creates the largest cortisol flush of the day, right? As you wake up. So if you're waking up at three 30 in the morning, guess when you're getting a huge cortisol spike, three 30 in the morning. And when nice. we were all still back living in caves, that cortisol spike was really important because it put us into our flight or fight kind of mode. So we could peek outside the cave and see if there was a bear waiting for us. Oh, we don't have that cool. anymore. What we have now is a huge cortisol spike and it's three o'clock in the morning and you're ready to solve the world's problems or write the great American novel or whatever you're going to do, which is awesome <laughs> in that moment. But when yeah. it's 3, 3 PM <laughs> during the yeah. day and you're ready to punch somebody cause you're angry cause you're tired. Yes. That's yes. a problem. Yeah. And I am your typical, like my husband will say it. Like if I don't get my sleep, I am a B-I-T-C-H. Like I, I know it. I'm exhausted. I'm crabby. He gets that way when he doesn't eat. Yeah. I get that way when I don't sleep. And that it's, is it's, just like it's hormonal regulation. Either way, it comes down yeah. to, to hormonal regulation. And is your brain, does your brain feel safe is ultimately what's happening. Yeah, clearly no. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, and there's a lot of that going around right now. Um, but going back to the idea of like creating a bedtime routine for yourself, what that does is that helps to set your hormones in better balance so that your brain feels safe and your body is getting the message. You're okay. Calm it all down. We can, we're safe. We can sleep right now. There's no bears out there. It's all good. So when you say create a bedtime routine, like, so I know, I mean, I, I've done that for my kids, you know, multiple times in the past. I did it when they were babies. You know, we had the whole, you know, like, yeah, we're taking a, we're eating, we're taking a bath, we're having our last bottle, we're, you know, singing a song or going to yeah. bed. As adults, like, what do you mean by bedtime routine? How long does it have to be? Um, all that kind of stuff. It can be as simple or as complex as you want it to be. Um, for some people who have a really hard time winding down and getting the brain to shut off, you know, five minutes isn't going to do it. You're going to want to go a little bit longer. But even if it's something as simple as half an hour before you want to go to bed, like whatever room you're in, like turn off the lights, 
turn or turn them way, way down. So if you like to read in mm. bed, turn the overhead lights off, turn on a small light that's just illuminating your book. No screens late at night. That blue light messes with your um, circadian rhythm in your brain, that wake and sleep cycle. Um, but, you know, having that turning down the lights is a tremendous cue to your brain of like, oh, the light's going away. I should calm down. Got it. Um, oh, that's a good one. Right. I mean, and, and um, you know, the, the normal like hygiene kinds of things at night, if you're if you're a bather or a shower at night, actually trying to be present for it and not just kind of like rush through it, but mm -hmm. deep, that's going to deepen your breath. It's going to slow your heart rate. Both of those are really great cues for your brain that your parasympathetic nervous system, your sort of rest and digest um, part of your body can rise up as the fight or flight can um, diffuse a little bit. Um, and then I don't know, five minutes of yoga, gentle stretching, deep breathing, meditation, whatever appeals to you. Um, like I said, reading is a great bedtime um, activity. Just if, as long as you're not reading something gory, scary, violent. Yeah, like, a, yeah. Yeah, if you're like into true crime. Thriller, you're yeah. like, Ugh. Yeah, don't read the true crime books at night, not ideal. Um, but if you just sort of operate from the standpoint of like, is what I'm doing helping my brain feel safe? That's gonna help you fall asleep so much faster. Um, if you can keep a, a, don't sleep with your phone by your bed, keep that thing in another room, um, you know, pen and paper to have by your bedside. So if you're falling asleep and you have either a great idea or a tremendous worry, you write it down and just get it out. Um, don't allow your brain to get stuck ruminating on that. Um, and then, you know, it's funny because the old adage of like counting sheep, all that is is visualization. Mm -hmm. right? And you're yeah. yourself down and you're deepening your breath. Um, so whatever you like to do, just doing it in a really, um, in a sequential way so that you do everything in the same order every night, uh, just like you did with your kids so that they learn that after the bath time comes, the, yeah. you know, comes the massage, comes the, I'm going to read, then mom's going to sing and then she leaves. Okay, we're done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, the one I have like, so I, I was doing really, really good before distance learning started here at home and they're actually if you're listening to this right now it doesn't release till later but we're still in a state of distance learning over here um but next week they actually start a hybrid model where they're going to school in person two days a week but my kids have been split so i still have no kid free days which is amazing awesome um, <laughs> yeah special. like sweet that's super special i mean the good news is that at least i have one day with my middle child who's going to be the one that's off Mm -hmm. And I will have two days alone with him, which I think is really going to be great for him to get some mm -hmm. alone time because being the middle child, like he has the whole middle child syndrome situation, yep. like as I hard as we try kids. not to. Yeah. Gotcha. It's, yeah, it's hard. So it is good for that sense. Bad for my business and me. Good for our relationship and him. So I'll take it. Um, but I was doing really good. And I, my goal is to catch up a little bit. And get, once I get into this routine, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to need some time after the hybrid starts as well. But before I was getting into bed by like, before nine o'clock, I was reading 
um, my husband and I would have, we have a show we like to watch together. We'd watch a show and then I'd read or do whatever. And it was doing really well. I have a Kindle, which is great because it's a paper white. It's like the soft, it's not like uh -huh. the screen kind. And um, can I, I'm going to interrupt you there just to say that on a lot of those devices, they actually have blue light blockers built in. So if you do like to read on a Kindle, go in or any type of a tablet, check and see if there is a blue light or a bedtime setting is what mine is called. Um, mine's actually a Kindle paper white. So uh -huh. it looks like paper. So there's yeah. no, it's not actually illuminated. Right. It's like a, um, yeah, it's not really a screen, but it's, yeah, I think it has that already. It dims, it like does it on its own, depending on the outside surroundings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have that because I, when I first married my husband, like I read so much that he's like, this is insane. It's like a library. We, we need to get you <laughs> like, I, he won't even, I have a few books that I love that I get in paper. But as much as I read, I need to like, I need to have yeah. a device of some sort because it's insane. Um, I do have, I do notice too that when I, I was, the last three weeks, I haven't been doing as much of my yoga that I did, but it's been more like my Peloton and boot campy. So once I, mm -hmm. I went back to like, I'm like, I've been craving my yoga more. I mean, I still was doing it just not as often. So I'm going back to do more yoga heavy. And I feel like that has helped in general, yeah. even though I do yoga in the morning. I do think yoga in the morning like sets my tone and kind of helps me throughout the day. Um, it also it also just gives your nervous system a break. Um, you know, my my background is as a long distance runner, and I've run marathons and ultra marathons for more than twenty years. Um, but as I get older, I can really recognize when my body needs a break from that more intense type of exercise. And again, it all goes back to the cortisol, that stress hormone, yes. because even if I'm exercising, I notice that I start to gain a little weight around my belly. Um, yes. And so backing away from the intense exercise and giving your body more space to breathe and connect and stretch rather than push and push and push is going to help that cortisol balance, which will help you sleep better. Totally. And I've really just noticed too that like, well, and I always like yoga to me, the, the longer I've done it, the harder it actually has become because I'm yeah. able to you know, it's people just, you know, look at it sometimes as, oh, it's not really a workout. And I actually, when I do yoga, I actually feel like I'm getting an amazing workout and I'm pleasantly sore, but in such good ways, you know, like yeah. the lengthening, yeah. stretching sore. Right. Well, and you so, figure out that, you, that there are ways to do yoga where you can just kind of phone it in and you don't yep. really stretch, but the longer you do it, the more connected you get with your body. And then suddenly you're like, oh, this is what they meant by roll your yep. inner thighs together and lift yep. through your core. Now I feel it. Yeah. And I feel too, like what you're talking about, that whole cortisol spike mind thing is when I first started doing yoga, because I thought to myself, there's no way I can't focus enough to do yoga. Well, when you're not focused and not present, it's not hard because you're not putting into it. Whereas yeah. if you're giving your mind that break and you're present and you're doing it, which I can do so much better now that not only are you getting a better workout, but you actually like what you're saying is you're calming your mind at the same time because yeah. you're present and away from like everything else. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah, that's I'm, really been helping me. Yeah. I'm a huge proponent of either yoga or meditation right before bed, particularly if you're of the spinny mind type of person where you just can't shut off because um, you've got to give your brain a break. And I, well, another thing that I do, and I do it for my son too, because sometimes my son has a hard time falling asleep is um, I do, I do have my phone in my room only because it's my alarm clock. It's everything. 
but I've been really good at like, and I'm getting better. I think like, you know, it's always up and down, but I'm, my, my spike is getting better at, you know, I'm not looking at it, you know, other than I have, um, I use, uh, the call map and we do like mm. nighttime meditation sometimes, yep. um, which if I can't sleep, sometimes I'll put my headphones in and listen to that, yes. which has been helpful. Yes. Yes. And again, it's anything to try to let your brain know that you're safe. That's, that's what's really at the root of falling asleep and staying asleep. But I want to make it a mention for people who are great at falling asleep, but then they wake up in the middle of the night. Um, Cause like I was saying, you're getting that big cortisol spike. So what can happen a lot of times is that has to do with the timing of your last meal of the day and what it mm. consisted of because cortisol is what balances with insulin in the blood sugar regulation in your body. So okay. if you eat relatively early compared to when you go to bed, the insulin that your body got through your food, you've like gone up the, the hill of the roller coaster. And then as you fall asleep, you're coming on the downward trend of the roller coaster. And then when your stomach gets empty, that cortisol spike is to wake you up so you can eat. So oh. what works for so many, so many women is, um, and, and I speak to, to women in particular because this imbalance gets magnified um, as you get closer to menopause, um, is to have a high protein snack right before you go to bed. Hmm. Keep you full and keep you from crashing down that hill of the roller coaster. And it's amazing. Okay people are like, all I did was have, you know, a handful of nuts before I went nuts. to bed and I didn't wake up in the middle of the night. And it's like, wow. Wow. <laughs> that is so important. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to have my husband start doing that because he has a really hard time staying asleep. Yeah. He falls asleep. Like literally, I can't tell you like how many movies he doesn't watch because he falls asleep, yeah. but he has a hard time staying asleep. Yeah. And so that is, that's amazing. Like I wouldn't yeah. even, and, but th it's funny that you say that because then you like, you know, all these like fad diets online and you know, all the people that are telling you like, don't eat before bed. Cause you're going to gain weight. Like it's best to eat, go to bed with a hang with an empty stomach. It's like, yeah, it's so interesting that, you know, like, cause I've heard that so often when it comes to food and eating, like you don't want to go to bed full. Whereas growing up when I had babies and young kids, especially my mom has always been a proponent of feeding them before bed so they can go to bed with a full tummy to help them sleep. And that's yeah. like, you know, from the villages when she grew up, they right. said, no, 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 right. you know, we always ate before bed. And yeah. Well, my, my grandmother always had warm milk right before bed. You know, that was, I mean, yeah. she lived with us the last uh, few years of her life and she, every night she'd be there with the pan, simmering on the stove to have the warm milk. And I thought that it was more of like a warm and cozy kind of ritual. Yeah. You know, that's obviously, you know, trying to get protein in, but, um, you know, that, that's a really easy hack. And particularly if you're somebody who after dinner goes and sits on the couch and like drinks a glass of wine while you're sitting on the couch, well, all the carbs in that wine are just fueling a higher insulin spike and a steeper drop. Mm. So if you're having Pair wine with, with some nuts. Exactly. Cause you gotta have the carb protein balance. to I, I tell, so my kids, like when we talk about snacks, I actually tell my kids that a lot that, um, yep. with sugar and carbs that we always pair them with a the protein so that our, you know, we can regulate ourselves. And 
We yes. talk about that. Like they have apples and peanut butter. They have apples yep. and nuts. They have whatever. And so my kids know that they'll always be like, yeah. Oh mom, look, this bar has chocolate, but it also has nuts. So it's probably pretty good. And I'm like, yes, yeah. like it does have both. Um, yeah. so that's very interesting. So, and that's funny too, cause I would be so interested in seeing there's a, you know, if online you know, being in the foodie world myself, I see all these different types of diets, you know, like you got to eat this way, you got to eat this way. And one of them is a very high carb diet. And so, you know, this is the high carb, no fat, like that's the diet. And so I'm wondering how many of those people have sleep problems because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're just, you're fueling your insulin production just over and over and over again with nothing to help metabolize it. Wow. That is an amazing hack. Those of you that are listening, I mean, that's like, if you take away anything, that's awesome. Totally yeah. doing that. Just a couple before bed. That's like, yeah. that's like perfect. Yeah. Um, so just in general, like why, why is sleep so important? Like, I mean, we know why, it's, you know, we're told it's important, but really why is sleep so important? What's the big deal if you're waking up at night? Who cares? Yeah. Um, well, you know, we don't like to punch people. So yeah, <laughs> sleep makes you nicer. Um, your, your body, both physically and mentally just needs a break. When you think about everything that you ask your body to do every single day, all day long, you know, you get a really amazing appreciation for how hard your body works. And so sleep is the time when your muscles are repairing, when your immune system goes to work, um, battling whatever sort of gunkies you, you face that day. Um, it's so important for your brain because when your brain is living in a cortisol soup, that's what fuels things like Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, and even if you don't have that extreme, it's what fuels the brain foggy kind of feeling. I'm sure, you know, everybody knows you've had those days when you didn't sleep well, and then you are trying to go through your everyday life and you're like, wait, what's that word? That's me lately, big time. That horrible, horrible brain fog. Um, so that's very much related to sleep. Um, sleep is important for not just the hormonal regulation between insulin and cortisol, but um, between leptin and ghrelin, which are the two hormones that are uh, associated with hunger and feeling full. And so if you're not getting enough sleep, you probably notice on the days after that how much easier it is that you just want to grab for some type of a junk food, even if your whole kitchen is full of amazing, fresh, healthy food, you're going to get in your car and drive to wherever your favorite junk food place is because your brain wants a hit right now. It wants to feel better right now because it didn't get what it needed through a good night's sleep. And so you know, on a one-off occasion, who cares, right? It's not, totally. not I mean, not anything big, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a big deal. But when you're chronically not getting enough sleep, then you're, you know, right now, so huge. Like you're not doing your immune system any favors if you're not getting enough sleep. Um, and you're not going to eat as well. You're not going to have the energy to exercise. And it's like, I, what I love about sleep is it's one of the easiest ways um, as a health coach to help people understand how all of these different spikes of your life, the, the exercise, the nutrition, the self-care, they all come together, that nothing's independent because sleep affects each of them so significantly. Big time. And you know, it's actually interesting because I am right now, I am revamping um, an old product of mine into a brand new product called my Restore and Refresh Guide. And 
part of what I want to talk about in that is, is actually how it's not just about eating to restore and refresh your body and about filling your body with like nutrients and fresh, you know, produce and all that yummy, you know, healthy, well-rounded fats and carbs and proteins and all that. But it also has to do so much about, you know, taking care of your mental health and your sleep and how during this, you know, we're doing it right now as I'm revamping it just because I want to, you know, do, I just want to test it out again. Um, and we're doing it for five days. And as these five days is I'm actually trying to um, do more yoga and more like low impact exercises to kind of restore and refresh myself from uh-huh. like, you know, all over and yeah. really trying hard to get to sleep. I, you know, I'm like making a rule, like I'm getting to sleep before midnight this entire week. Like I'm not staying up. Um, and it's been hard, but it's true. Like it, it's such, I see such a difference when I sleep and when I don't, it's like life changing. It is. And, and it, I mean, like literally it can be life changing because yeah. you're either putting yourself in this chronic state of where your body feels like it's constantly running from that bear, that lion that's waiting for you outside the cave. And I mean, we all know that feeling of where you're like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Sleep is when your body's like, okay, stop, breathe, think. Okay. Now this is what we're going to do. Yeah. You know, it's just, and it just tends to make you a nicer person. And by you, I mean me. Um, yeah, but it's hard. Well, and the, it is hard. I mean, it's totally hard, especially in our state of life right now, you know, and yeah. you and I both know we've got three kids at home. It's not like, you know, it's not easy. Um, I mean, cause there's huge benefits that like, you know, I've seen just this week trying to get a little bit more sleep, you know, just from like the brain fog that goes away, being able to make decisions faster. I mean, you get stuff done so much faster when you're not sleeping. Yes. Like it takes you like double yes. the amount of time to get a task done. Yeah. And then there's, there's like, the, the mental um, and self-care, you know, fallout of that. Of yes. Like, oh, wow, I did something. I feel great about it. I'm really excited about it. This is awesome. Versus, oh my yes. God, can't you just get it together and get this done? What's yes. wrong with you? Like, that, totally. it's so easy. And when you can step back and look at those two approaches and you think, wait a minute, if I could just take 10 minutes every night to set myself up for a good night's sleep, I can be nicer to myself tomorrow. Like that should be motivating too. And that's such an interesting thing that you just said, nicer to yourself, because we talk a lot about nicer to other people, Yeah. but it's also nicer to ourselves. Cause you know, that's, that's totally me. Like when I can't do something done, I'm like freaking failure over here. What is happening? And it's like, it kind of starts with that, like being able to be nice to yourself because then you're nicer to other people. <laughs> yes. Yes. And your stress levels are going to be lower, which is going to make it easier to sleep the next night. To sleep. So it's like a, it's yeah. like a, um, you know, a snowball effect of good, you know, like, yep. and when it comes to our brains, like, so you said the long-term things like, you know, like you said, like Alzheimer's and things like that, like what does sleep give to our brain that helps that longevity that helps us, you know, stay, keep a healthy brain? It reduces the overall inflammation in your body. So, you know, a lot of times we talk about inflammation. Well, I'm sure you guys talk about inflammation in your gut, right? Yep. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, it, that happens around your brain as well. And so the, the result of the inflammation in your brain is these plaque deposits on your brain, which affect your brain function. And mm-hmm. so with less inflammation, there's going to be fewer and less significant 
plaque deposits. And so I like that image of, of, and I use the phrase a lot of like skewing in cortisol, because if you can think of that and think of your brain fluid, like constantly bathing your brain, like, what do you want it to be? Do you want it to be something that's soothing and nurturing, or do you want it to be something that's irritating and um, challenging? I love that. And what, Last question for you is, this is one that I've, I, I so want to hear what you have to say. Like, you know how they all say, um, well, you need between blank hours and blank hours of sleep at night. And then you have the people that say, oh, I can function on like four to five. Um, why is it, why is, what's the magic number and why, why that magic number? That is such a good question. And I'm going to be super honest and say, I don't know, um, you know, like neuroscientifically, I, I don't know. Um, I do find just from, you know, my 12 years of health coaching with women, it's highly, highly varied. And I do believe that there are people who need, I don't believe the people who are like, oh, four hours and I'm great. I don't believe that. I do believe yeah. that there are people who can get by on six and feel really okay. refreshed and really restored. I'm an eight, preferably nine hours myself kind of person. That's me. A hundred percent. And you know what, it's something that I just know about and it's a non-negotiable. Um, yeah. And I've been this way my whole life. When I was in college, people knew not to call me after 10 o'clock because I was in bed. Um, I'm a morning person. Um, it's, you know, it's part of who I am, just like I have brown eyes and brown hair. Mm-hmm. So it's, and it's I find, wiring. And I find the same too. And I do think it is different. I do agree with you, the difference, because I see even the, see the difference in my kids. Like, my yeah. middle, my middle one, my youngest one, we're not quite sure yet. Cause he's still in that stage where he just is needs to sleep in general. Cause he's only five, but the other two, um, I, I, I see a huge difference now that they're a little bit older is, you know, the middle one, if he doesn't get his right amount of sleep, he is an a-hole like period. And my oldest one can probably go like a couple days with like not getting that full, like 10, 11 hours that he needs as a, a kid, his age and actually be okay. But then after that, he needs to like, you know, get back. But yeah. the middle one, like one night and we're like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Time for you to go to bed early tonight. Yeah. And, and I, I agree. I can, I have a 17 year old and he thinks it's sleeping in if he sleeps until 730. He's like, I am. He goes to bed that's, early. He wakes that's my up oldest. Early. But my middle kid, he will stay up like the summer, stayed up playing games online with his friends till one or two, and then he's, you know, sleeping in. So I think that it's highly individualized, but I think that it's important that you take yourself and your health seriously enough to recognize yeah. what your body needs and then to set yourself up for that sleep success. Totally. I love this. What a great, uh, this is so important. And I love that we talked about this now. It's so perfect right now. I think it would, everything that we're going through, especially the stress that's put on us in general with COVID and everything. Um, you know, homeschooling our kids, running our business, like having husbands or wives home um, all day when we're used to them being gone. And it's just a whole different way of life. And the stress is so much more. And I almost feel like now I need even more sleep because I'm being so worked during the day. Yeah, exactly. I do. And, you know, I, for more than 12 years, I've been seeing clients um, and the personal training side of my business at 5.30 in the morning. And I haven't since March. And guess what? I'm not waking up at five o'clock in the morning now. I'm sleeping until 6.45 because it, yeah. it's exhausting just yeah. having people around in the noise and the hubbub and the chaos. Um, All the time. <laughs> and so, yeah. 
sleep sleep is one of the things that you can control about your yes. health. Uh -huh. so I'm a big believer in controlling what you can and making peace with the rest of it. Totally. Totally agree. Um, this was so awesome, Karen. Um, where can people find you if they're looking for that women's health coach, if they're looking for more information, you are a wealth of information and all of you guys listening sleep is not, is like one tiny piece of the puzzle that Karen knows a lot about. She knows about so many other things. So I highly suggest, especially if you're a woman, even uh, especially a little bit of an older woman in perimenopause, menopause, like she has a wealth of information and all that. Um, where can they find you? What's the best place? The best place to find me is online at wellbalancedwomen.com. And I have a um, downloadable 10 minute meditation that's like a body blessing or a body scan that um, I would be happy to link to any of your listeners so they can download. And it's just a great way to use it as part of that bedtime routine to help both appreciate yourself, appreciate your body and get your brain calm so you can get a good night's sleep. I love that. Um, and this is actually funny because this is what we're going to talk about in the next episode um, is I'm going to talk a little bit about anxiety and meditation and how um, that has really helped me. I never thought I was a meditator at all. And why meditation is not, is not like what you, what you typically picture it as, you know, there, yep. there, it can be as simple or as complex as you want. So definitely download that. And before you listen to the next episode, cause that'll be um, super helpful. Um, so thank you so much, Karen. That was such an awesome, awesome, awesome podcast. I loved talking about this. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. And we'll chat next time.